let's address Gordon's main question. How do we create 20 million jobs? Cambridge University economics professor Jose Gabriel Palmer is in the country and describes South Africa as a country that's growing like Latin America and creating jobs like Asia. Professor Palmer is on the line to us. Thanks for your time, Prof. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for inviting me. Now, uh, on the face of it, that could sound like a pretty good idea. But, but in fact, you say it's the worst of both those worlds. Why is that the case? Well, the thing is this. Latin America, if you look at uh, <clears throat> what has happened, say, from 94 until today, to compare so- with South Africa uh, from the beginning of democracy, it has mostly been an employment, a growth that has been very much employment-led. For example, in Brazil, uh, since '94 until today, the the level of uh, the amount of people being employed, or the total employment in the country, has grown by 50 percent, uh, while in South Africa only by half of that. On the other hand, if you look at the level of GDP uh, per uh, per capita growth or the GDP growth in South Africa, again, is very much like Latin America. So what happened is that uh, for every um, point of GDP growth that you get, you generate about half the level of employment than in Latin America. And that level is very similar to Asia, except that Asia grows at 6%, twice as fast. So if you grow at Asia level, even if you don't generate a lot of a lot of level of employment, because you're growing at so fast, the overall employment growth is uh, relatively strong. In the case of Latin America, if you don't grow very fast, uh, very much like um, South Africa, if you look at Brazil and South Africa, they have grown equally uh, at the same rate from 1994 until today, which is about three, three and a half percent. But the Latin American growth generates a lot of employment. So somehow you grow at Latin American pace, but generate employment at Asian pace. And the combination of those is for a, for a three, three and a half percent GDP growth, you have a, this level of unemployment. While in the case of Latin America, for that level of growth, which is relatively slow, we have a, a very little un, a unemployment. And, and this is part of the narrative that, that you use to show that inequality in South Africa is, and I think to quote you, quite quite literally off the charts. I mean, you're known for inventing this thing called the Palmer Ratio. Uh, How does the Palmer Ratio work in in describing inequality in South Africa? Well, if you look at the world, there is a very remarkable phenomenon, which is that if you look at all the countries for which we have data in the world, say 120, and you look at what is the share of the middle and upper middle, say all the middle classes, and you find that throughout the world, all the middle and upper middle earns roughly half of the national income. It's very homogeneous. In other words, all the diversity of inequality across the world is only due to what the top 10% earn and the poorest 40% earn. There is all the diversity. In the middle, it's, it's very homogeneous. So what I decided to use was a ratio of the top 10 over the bottom 40 in order to measure diversity. Now, the peculiarity about South Africa, it is literally the only country in the sample, the only country in the world, where the middle and upper middle earns so little. Instead of getting about half of national income, which is what happened in 
practically every other country in the world, they only earn about a third of national income. So what happened in South Africa, although there are a lot of uh, cheap services, the middle and upper middle, they don't have the purchasing power to buy those services. And those services is what generates uh, employment. So the big difference between Brazil and South Africa and employment creation is not so much in the style of development that one went for, say, manufacturing and the other went for mining, say. Both have a very similar orientation in growth. But on top of that, in Brazil, because the middle and upper middle do get their 50% of national income, they are able to afford buying a lot of these cheap services, and, is, and there is a massive increase in the in, 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 there is a massive employment creation in services. Mm-hmm. While in South Africa, because the middle and upper middle, they uh, uh, in the middle they earn so little. Although there are cheap services in South Africa, there is not enough purchasing power to buy them. So your model of growth uh, in terms of employment, what, where it really fails is on the service side of the, of the picture. I mean, one of the famous examples of, of uh, you know, raising workers' salaries was that of Henry Ford. When he invented the Model T Ford, he raised the salaries of the workers working on the line so that they could purchase the very same car that they were producing. Uh, Professor Palmer, I mean, you attribute the success of, of most of the leading Asian economies to this idea of the rich elites reinvesting in the businesses and the, in, the, in the economies that they operate in. Is, is that an idea that should be implemented here in South Africa? Would that work to, to turn around our economy? Well, if it was possible to be done, the problem is not what to do, it's how to do it. Mm. I mean, there is no doubt that one of the secrets of the success in, in Asia is not only that there are economies which much, are much less unequal than we, we are in Latin America or you are here in South Africa, is that the, the elite, the top 10%, they reinvest uh, 70, 80% of the share of national income that they appropriate. Say the top 10% get a share of national income, which is about, let's say, 30%, and at least 20, 25% of that comes back into the economy in the form of private investment. In Latin America and in South Africa, instead, uh, of what the share of the top 10% appropriates, only about one-third come back to the economy in the form of private investment. In Latin America, the top 10% gets roughly 45% of national income, and private investment is about 15%. Here in South Africa, the top 10 gets a bit more, about the 50, and you reinvest about 18%. Mm. So here and in Latin America, only one-third of what they appropriate goes back in a productive way into the economy. In Asia, it's three-quarters or even more in other countries. So no doubt if the a proportion of what the rich appropriates went back into the economy and private investment, you will have much faster rate of productivity growth, technology absorption, GDP growth, and so on.